Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe, and hopefully, depending on when this is released, I'm going to say Happy New Year. And then Ed's probably maybe look stupid and release this in March, but let's just go with it. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, and, I, thought, uh, I thought I was going to say, we are in the New Year, so you're all right. You're we are in the New Year. Yeah, yeah we've true. hit 2016. Yeah, but I just thought the way that sometimes these things go, this true. could be like... I, and I do, I do like messing you around, Mickey, you know, so, you, you know, do. play evil games on the Boys. podcast releasing schedules. <laughs> Always yanking my chain. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I guess Happy New Year. Blue. Yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy, Happy New Year's. New, Happy New Year all. Here we are again. Yeah. We're How are you doing? We've now done 2013, 2014, 2015, and now we're in 2016. Wow. That's like three I, I've years. Done, I've done every year since 1983. Well, that's that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, it's bit, so how, how were people's uh, New Year's and, and Christmases, I suppose we should probably say? Yeah, uh... Uh, well, oh, that, uh, that was kind of a really undirected, that was a really yeah. unprofessional podcasting question. Yeah. Mickey, how was your New Year's and Christmas? All right, um, mine was pretty good, thank you. Yeah, um, fairly fairly quiet affair. Also, I had most of the fun around at ours uh, Christmas Day, but that went well. And uh, Toby's like... Hey, this bit... was your first Christmas then, having the whole family around yours? Uh, yeah, yeah. Years. Wow, how well, did that go? Well, it's our first Christmas in the house, to be honest with you. So um... Because like, technically last year, you really you were living with your mum and dad's, and then you were kind of make, yeah renovating this place. Yeah. Wow. I don't That's think there was cool. even ceilings in this place then, so... Um... Yeah, first year in was really good. Um, Toby's just a little bit too young, I think, to really get too excited about Christmas. But uh, yeah, I did fun, see the picture of him waiting for Santa, putting the uh, the carrot and thing. I thought that, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. is a legend. <laughs> I think that was most mostly for me and Abby. I don't think he got much out of it. But um, <laughs> what you could pretend to be a kid again. I think that yeah. that you you allowed that when you have a kid. You know, you go for all that. You know, kind of you know the sleepless nights. You're allowed to now pretend to be a child again. I think. Well, we did the whole putting the reindeer dust in the garden. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, do do you have a you have do you have a chimney at your house? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Because I'm just saying because I've never had a chimney, but and, but then I kind of I never really thought too much about Christmas too much, like how the actual Santa came down. I just assumed he just kind of teleported through walls because uh, that's Santa what does. I think if you watch that one with uh, Tim, what's his name, to show you how it happens, like chimney magically oh, appears. Tim Allen. Really? Oh, you mean Santa Claus, yeah. They, they yeah. released three of those films. That was insane that they really, yeah. It's also worrying um, that I couldn't think what the title of the film was yeah. when it was. It's, it's got so Santa it's... in it. Could it be? No, no, it's not Santa Claus, no. Nice. What's the movie about that Grinch called? Oh, <laughs> oh God, that's a tough one as well, isn't it? Yeah, and that Elf one. What's, there's one with elves in it. An elf? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. well, I, nearly, really I nearly said Tim Lovejoy instead of Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a very different film, wouldn't it? How are you doing, Lou, man? How was your Christmas Santa, and New Year's? Santa soccer. It was brilliant. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to to all listeners. I've I've been up to quite a lot, but not a lot, I suppose. At the same time, I've had a nice break between Christmas and New Year. I have managed to avoid, well, nearly all avoid code. The only coding that I did do was finally getting off my backside and actually setting my website live. Hey, that's, that's nice out, one. Out in the big wide world now, but it still yeah. doesn't. Still doesn't feel finished, but it kind of, yeah. I just decided that my my well, my target was to get it live by new, by the end of the last year, 
and I woke up on New Year's Day, actually one of the rare mornings through the Christmas holiday that I was actually at home and thought, right, it's now or never. Let's yeah, just looks good though. Looks really good. Well, thank you very much. I I hope so. I'm I'm quite pleased with it. I worked I worked very hard over a lot of last year on bits and bobs, just doing a little bit at a time to to get it to where it is. And yeah, I'm I'm That's just glad. Cool, that, man. I'm That's glad I have cool. something live now. But... Well, we'll put it in the show notes for sure, and uh, let the audience decide as well. Be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Right. Audience, we have a nice audience, and to be honest, it is nice. So they can't really you know slate it at all. As it says on my, on the homepage of the site, I I don't claim to be a designer, but I try and dabble. So. <laughs> that's well, that's that's what I came up with anyway. So did but you get yeah. up to much programming stuff throughout the time, or was it completely really. from the coding? It was, it was because it was getting a little bit busy up to New Year and a lot of other stuff going on. And we were, um, we've got another house move coming up, oh, sort yes. of the early part of this year, the proper house move to the place where we're all being well going to stay rather and, than rent and not have to deal with another house move. You know, in the it, next six months after that, because I know you love house moving. Oh well, it's just something, <laughs> something to pass the time when you've got nothing else to do. So, but yeah, so that's taken up a lot of the time. So I just wanted to be honest, have a bit of a break from the computer, and it was really hard. You get into a habit of just kind of going through the motions of getting up and just going and sitting at your computer and cracking on with stuff. And it was actually quite hard to snap myself out of it. Did you? What did you uh, kind of you know doing in place of it? Then was it? Uh... No, I was going to say bowling, partly because I've got a bowling closure cata script up on my computer. So, uh, have you, uh, was it golf? Is that, is that the Laravel one? I think I've seen that. Oh no, no, bowling closure. Or, or they use bowling. it. They do use it on. Yeah, the, the bowling. The bowl- ca- yeah, sorry, but I completely. Right. I have like on my on my desktop. I cleaned up my desktop. That was one good thing I did this year, or the beginning <laughs> of this year. And I put a bowling closure. I'm like bowling. I'm thinking no, that golf. So did you did you merge golf over the Christmas period? Nah, no golf. Oh, actually, I went to the driving range once, but no, the um. Actually, I, I wanted to have a game uh, yesterday, but the everywhere's closed now because of all the rain. So, oh yeah, it's been a bit yeah. horrible, hasn't it? Yeah, but it's it's cool. No, I, I literally I didn't really touch the computer in the whole break until yesterday when I thought, right, I want I want to get um, going with React again. So I started going through the um, tutorial that they've got on their site, the uh, the Facebook example, which I think Mike Mike said this morning he's been doing that one as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, uh, how about you, Mickey? Did you get out too much programming? Um, well, I've been doing uh, a little bit of freelance, which uh, for Mister Keynes, in, in fact, actually. Um, so, are we talking it... about? I didn't know if we were talking about that or not. Yeah. Well, uh, sort of. Yeah, I'll come on to that, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah. Let, uh, Mick, let Mickey talk, yeah. and we just be. Listen, yeah. The floor is yours. <laughs> well, okay. So, yeah, I've been doing. Yeah, I should start from the beginning, I guess. Really, so. I, I can't really go into detail, but I am now uh, sort of flying solo. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, wasn't planned, but um, here I am, and uh, I'm freelance full time now. Well, certainly for the next six months anyway. I'm going to see how it goes, and then uh, readdress things. But yeah, I'm uh, lucky enough that uh, Lou's hooked me up for a little bit of work, and sort of met with, with his boss, who was really nice. So I'm doing a bit of lucky bit of or unlucky. <laughs> We'll soon find out. You're now working with the stuff that I churn out, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I, you're far too <laughs> harsh on yourself, like, I think your code's really good. But, um, yeah, okay, so, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just, I was just doing like maybe a couple of hours, um, every day, really, other than obviously like Christmas and the bank holidays. So, yeah, just been doing a bit of that, but mainly, uh, like I say, Laravel stuff. And, um, and, uh, today I'm starting like a, a big six month project. Um, which will be kind of be like my, my main 
sort of thing. I can't really say too much about that at the moment, I'm afraid. Um, but That's all right. Well, no, later, the technologies but... you're going to be using, you like React and Postgres yeah, and Laravel. I... That's it, yeah. I am actually going to be using like very large, large data sets. It's the nature of this project. So I've kind of gone with Postgres because from what I've read and spoken to you, it's I think it'll probably work better. So I think it's the developers. Yeah, it's the developers' database. You will love it. I you don't will. really know much about um, Postgres. Actually, I've heard of it, but I've never really looked at it. What is it? That, what's the difference with it then? What does it offer? Well, I think Ed prefers. <laughs> <that's his question. laughs> I mean, so is it an OSQL? No, no. Well, well. So that's that's the thing. It's kind of like everything. Um, so it's it's a, it's a relational database like MySQL. Um, and you know, they both kind of came out in the mid nineties, you know, kind of fighting it out, you know, for, you know, database supremacy, you know, these, these kind of things. And it had a bit of a knock on it at, originally because of the fact that, cause it was acid, you know, it was atomic and all that kind of thing. It was in its essence, it kept your data safe as opposed to some of the stuff that MySQL did. It was, it was slower. Uh, those have been addressed now and it's, it's funny because a lot of people just do the MySQL stack and I think they do the MySQL stack because of the LAMP stuff, you know, mm, where, you yeah. know, it's, I'll use MySQL for this and stuff. And, and really I, I have, I never used my uh, Postgres, sorry, until I got into this job and then they use this as the default database. And I've realized this is so much more awesome. And it, and I say it's a developer database because, you know, it has things. So it is NoSQL as well. It has, um, the idea of it is pretty much like MongoDB inside of, you know, a relational database as well, because you're able to do JSON data types. Um, you're able to do JSON B, which is, you know, the format, you know, JSON binary format, which allows, you know, compre- good compression, uh, indexes. The indexing on it is insane. The partial indexing, you know, the advanced indexes you can do. Um, you know, the, the actual full text index search, I feel is better. Um, than the one that comes out of the box within ODB and MySQL. And yeah, I, I think it's just a lot nicer. There's more data types. There's, I mean, there's like, you know, one of the ones I saw a lot of people reading, oh, there's an, there's an even an IP data type and things like this. And it is nicer. You know, I feel it's nicer, a nicer database. And, you know, for me, I'm surprised that it isn't more rated, highly rated. I don't know why I think it is because just the fact that MySQL's got the mind share and because of the fact it was more performant at, at that time that it kind of built up from there. Um, but no, I'm glad Mickey, you chose that choice. I'm glad you, uh, you know, you've, you've yeah. I mean, it's nice. This is the nice thing about having a new project. You can try new things. That's it. Yeah. What about if React? you've got an existing one where you've, well, all of my stuff uses MySQL databases. So if I, how easy would the migration across be to that? It then? should be relatively easy because I mean, the, the syntax, there are, I mean, there's other things like the, the nice things about Postgres, there's like windowing functions and things like that, which are quite advanced SQL stuff. Um, but you know, like, the, the thing is, obviously, everyone had these RMs and they have these abstractions over and they feel, oh, yeah, yeah, because the abstraction is great because it means then that I can then just switch out my data layer, you know, my yeah. persistence layer. Like I can use MS SQL instead of MySQL or Postgres. Or, but it doesn't really work like that. And it depends on if you've been using raw SQL queries. But you really should mm. just be able to put it in, like, you know, transport it over export it i know that mickey you're having some fun now with exporting from another database into postgres yeah. um you know and that's an interesting one actually i think there may be transformation you know transformers or things such as those type, like tools that allow you yeah. to do it yeah. um you know because though every one of them uses sql and they may be like sql 99 compliant all these things they all have their own little nuances and their little you know tricks you know little tr- little changes within the syntax of you know the language sql so yeah. you have to be careful on that and how you use it but it should be relatively easy because of i mean as long as you're using it you know you're not going for a whole different paradigm you're not going to know sql in that you do are still doing relational stuff 
so it should be should like be you say. Easy. I mean, I'm I'm working on, uh, with Laravel, so like the difference for me at, the, at this stage really is change the driver, the database driver, and and I'm there. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it's so, really oh, nice. that's all that's required with Laravel, is it? Well, yeah, because it because it uses PDL yeah. under the hood, doesn't it? So it's, ah, it is yeah. the same day. They say the only time you're going to get you know kind of hiccups and things is when you start using raw, raw. sql um yeah. and i still believe in raw sql um i feel yeah. you know you're hiding the abstractions of you know obviously you know oh concept's good you know you know all these ideas are repositories and these oh you're being serious that you still believe in that <laughs> i oh, thought you mean, i thought i thought you were supposed to not do that oh no with that right no no <laughs> Well, this is the trouble because we've all gone down. I, I want, yeah, I preached a lot, you know, in the coding night days of how awesome it was that you can build up these SQL abstractions and things. But how many times have you had a query that looks so ugly mm. or that it looks so ugly in these query builder kind of things? And it's so much more advanced that you're like, look, I need to just go down to SQL for it. Yeah. It becomes too not seen one until it started working with my stuff recently. <laughs> but it, it, it <laughs> happens quite easily, actually, you know, in these things. And, you know, <coughs> that's when just using SQL on its own is great. And and I believe, you know, you should know SQL and, and the abstractions, the OO abstractions over it, you know, I think, you know, it's great. But for the underlining, I do think, you know, the implementation, if you just use SQL and then, you know, you're, you're then mapping those to objects, to main objects, et cetera, like that, it's fine. You know, I, I believe in that. I think it's a lot easier to understand um, yeah. than, than another layer. I think what happens is, is you then replace SQL with another layer on top of SQL that you then have to learn, if that makes sense, that you don't really want to. You should just use SQL. Um, so, you know, I mean, that that's it. And it is funny because, you know, I, I again, this is funny how it's the change of the time, you know, t- change times to changing and all that, where you do, you say like the, the, the last thing, you know, preaching was, oh yeah, no, these things are great. Object relational mapping's great. SQL abstractions are great. Look how easy this is. You don't, but, that happens to an extent and then you go into these more advanced cases and you realize actually no you're better off just using sql um and things like postgres also another thing that i realized postgres supports actually i've completely forgot was recursive functions or recursive queries so you know you have i mean the typical pattern of i have a navigation that has parents (laughs) so you can do you know that that is a, a a query that you have to then recursively go through because you have to go to each child and stuff. And typically in like MySQL, you'd have to now do that in code, you know, go through each of the parents, each of them go get their, their children, etc., like that. In Postgres, you can actually write that in one SQL query that does a recursive uh, query for it. I know that there are t- techniques and now like uh, there's an algorithm that you can use that then allows you to do it in one query to actually build, you know, to select all of the things, you know, if you have a typical MySQL database. But this is an easier way of just being able to see so you could do recursive functions, recursive queries in Postgres, which is a great thing as well. So that's what I like about Postgres is it's got all these things inbuilt. Yeah. Can I just say before, I will stop hogging the mic in a second, but I just uh, finishing off what I was saying, and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm um, like being too fussy, but uh, in six months, I hope to obviously sort of near enough finish this project. So if anyone who listens does have, is aware of any sort of freelance work that... Um, be available at that sort of time then uh, please let me know because absolutely need, uh, send it over to me no up. don't i'm going to have him snowed under don't worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that'd be good but uh... that's the thing actually how are you enjoying free because the thing about you i mean i don't know the audience obviously know you through your uh you know on-air personality sure. uh, but you know i mean the thing is ever since i've known you you are kind of you've wanted to do free like you've wanted to be your own boss i think yeah yeah you know i know that you like working with people and i know that you enjoy that because you know obviously learning and bashing ideas of people etc but 
the idea i think you are very good at being your own boss so how have you enjoyed that are you enjoying that now you know the legal Uh, kind of thing the whole money accounting all this stuff going on uh that is the thing really there's there's a lot of admin and if you're not careful you could just spend all your time just doing admin so you have to be very careful of that i think and um and the other thing is, I mean, stuff that we've talked about so many times, but just timing projects, like, it, it's just so difficult to say, look, this project can take that amount of time. So I think... It's not a science, is it? It's it, not. It's more, it, and it's it's more of an art form, and it's more conceptual, and it's really hard to kind of yeah. gauge, because you don't know. There are these randoms, you know, this random yeah. thing that could happen, you know, real life could happen or, you know, the project could, you know, extra, th- you know, X, Y, and Z could happen in the project. So you, you can't be specific completely, but you have to try to give a good estimate, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly that really. And I think just be as honest as you possibly can, but, um, but yeah, no, I am enjoying it. I like to say it wasn't planned at all. Um, you know, you're right. Yeah. Once upon a time, it was my dream to sort of run my own business maybe one day, but that, I suddenly hadn't really pursued that for many years. Like that kind of just gone away. And I just ended up in a situation where it's kind of forced upon me and then um, did sort of apply for a couple of other jobs and interviewed for them. But, you know, either the fit wasn't there for me or, or, you know, the fit wasn't there for them, but, uh, then this sort of opportunity came up. So it was too good to, um, to pass down really. So, um, yeah, I, I'll tell you how it goes after six months yeah. reading. And, uh, that's I'll awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but how about you? We haven't discussed your Christmas and New Year, and yeah, it's been good. Uh, I should say, firstly, no face planting. Uh, yeah, last year, good. you know, New Year's was you know A and E free. We didn't do any of that <laughs> stuff. Uh, that was a nice, you know, thing. Um, what have I else been doing? I've been really working. So you know, saying like, oh, it's back to work and back to Monday stuff. I kind of was working last week, so it doesn't really feel. It just feels like I kind of carried on, but not too bad. Um, you know, it's it's yeah. fine. Kind, of. I, I didn't really mind it. You know, I'd say you know, it's quite nice. You know, just. I mean, I, was, I, I I do like keeping in like having yeah. those long breaks off are great, but then you get back into it and you're like, whoa, what am I doing? You know, it takes a little yeah. while for your brain to get kind of like back Lou in. said, yeah, that's yeah. it, absolutely. Mm. Um, so what else have I been doing? So before I, I've been doing a lot of refactoring of React stuff because um, one of the things actually, so we've released um, this idea. So within the my builder thing, we've got the trades, uh, trade obviously tradesmen sign up. Um, we have this idea now that we want to trade approval. So, you know, they, they apply for a trade. They have a couple of questions to go through, set criteria. And then the admin administrators, uh, trade approvers, approvers need to evaluate these evaluations. Evaluate these evaluations. They need to assess <laughs> these evaluations. And what we've done is we've done that in React. And on the back end side, we've also used React Router. Um, and it's been a new kind of concept for me to use React Router because at first it kind of felt like it was going quite a lot against the flux stuff because you'd look at it and you'd be like oh my god it's like mutating this set in state in the component without going through this whole flow of flux and things like that but over time i've you know the way the it was nice actually because there was a couple of good con- uh, good good resources that we were able to do in-house or a couple of good projects in-house that kind of helped me gain more idea about this and kind of going through this whole graph philosophy and taking advantage of promises um so essentially things like what you would do is you would use so now the source of truth comes from the url as opposed to the flux data stores because the url is the thing that would change so you know like saying that you're you know trade one you know now i know i'm in trade one based on the url yeah um and you know, trade one forward slash evaluations valuation one so i'm on trade one and it's valuation one um you know these are unique ids 
And then what I need to be able to do is be able to fetch that stuff. And it needs to be able to change based on that, based on the, you know, me changing the URL, not on the store stuff. So you dispatch all these calls and you could do some stuff. And we did that stuff with the previous project we did, but I don't think we did it the right way. And we all kind of thought, yeah, we can probably make this a little easier and a little better. And now what we've kind of, the way that uh, Facebook do these things with their stores is they allow stores to have promise returns. So say, um, so promise, did you know guys what promises are? Yeah. 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 So essentially, you know, they're like a call, but you know, like they're, they're getting an Ajax call, call or something That's like that. That's it. You know, then, 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 then it's an asynchronous call, but it allows you then to stop doing these callback hell things and it allows you, you mm. know, to asynchronously do this, but looking like it's synchronous code. Um, so what, you know, you can do then is say, okay, get me this ID from this store. So I want to get trade, you know, from the trade store, get the ID of one. It will return you a promise that then it could fulfill at that time or fulfill in the future. Maybe or it has that, you know, ID. Great. If it doesn't, it could internally go and fetch, you know, the, the trade from, you know, the external store, the external repository, external resource and bring it back. And the client's none the wiser because it's just getting a return to promise each, any time. But that allows you then to have that indirection that allows you then to be able to start using these things a bit easier. Um, I don't think I've explained that well. I think uh, one of the people I work with, Sten, he's going to be able to, he's going to write some uh, good my build, like blog posts on this, on the my builder tech blog. So that'd be quite nice to put in the show notes when it when yeah. it does happen. But I've been really enjoying that um, and React Router. And Are you, own... you're using React Router and Symphony Router at the same time. Uh, so React Router is just the front end router. Yeah. So it's it Symphony stuff. You know, just the, that that is just the back end implementation. Doesn't really matter. Like you know that to us at, at the point of when we start using React and things like that, we don't really care about the fact we're using Symphony. It's just. Yeah. It, that could be a foreign, you know, resource to us. It's just an external <coughs> API that we're, we're, we're you know, accessing. Um, yeah. Once it but comes if, into... if you're using an API that you've set through, I'm only asking this because I, I did an Angular project a little while ago and I sort of came across this where I wanted to get data using an Angular controller. Yeah. So I was using the, um, the Angular router to, um, to, of course, set that all up and say it wanted to call, like, blog posts one. Or something like that. I still had to declare that as an as a Laravel route as well. Uh, right. Yes. To... Yeah. Because because of the fact that yeah, because you're using in history, and then you start using the fact that you're using push state that makes it look like real URLs as opposed to just hashes. That then mm-hmm. the, yeah. So we do. So I have had to deal with that, you know, and the fact that the routes are, you know, that it, it can, um, you know, optionally be either just trade approvals, trade approvals with the trade, or trade approvals with the trade and an evaluation, and then you know these all these routes then redirect uh, just link to this one page, you know, that then is handled by React Router. So that is something you still do have to deal with. Yeah. Um, but as long as you've got kind of a generic structure and, you know, your URLs aren't crazy, you shouldn't be too bad because there should be a lot of variables in there. Like, you know, I don't care what the trade idea is. I can just put that as a variable and I don't care what the evaluation is, but that as a variable. Um, so, yeah, so that that that's that, uh, the React stuff. And one other thing actually with that, and this is probably something in, you, you two may actually be interested in now, especially with doing a lot of more React and uh, Node, well, not Node, but kind of, yeah, JavaScript stuff and using NPM. Um, so, in the composer world and stuff and php world we're quite lucky with uh composer.lock files so essentially yeah. you know you do a composer install uh or, or sorry you do like a say say you've got a fresh composer dot you know json file you do a composer install and then it does a composer lock file which is a pretty much a snapshot of the exact versions of things you've got in your vendor directory because you know say like in your composer file unless you especially specify i want this version of something you know, it can be, oh, I want uh, at least version 1.5, 
you know, of of something, you know, until up to, because you do sem- semantic versioning, you know, up to two. So, you know, within those, re- you know, within that boundary of 1.6, you know, 1.5 to 2.0, you, you give me any one of those. That's great because technically it should change, but it's also nice when you do deployments to have the exact version that you've been testing on. <laughs> yeah. So with a composer lock file, that does that because it says, no, I, even though you've asked for 1.5 or 1. Point, you know, whatever, you actually installed on the vendor, you know, I've installed vendor, I've installed 1.6, this is a snapshot, this is the hash, this is the one I'm going to be using and download when I go to in another, re- you know, another project, maybe you download it, you do a composer install, it will say, oh yeah, you mean you want this one. You don't get that in NPM uh, out of the box, and essentially, uh, you may do. I don't know, like exactly, but the way that I've had to fix that um, is using something called NPM shrink wrap, which is a function, which is a method on top of NPM. So it's inbuilt already, but you just have to do it. Uh, so you do your NPM install. It will then do the same exact thing, you know, a fresh composer.json would do without a lock file, which would be, oh, go and find me any version that matches, you know, at least this. That's great. You know, again, I would now say, all right, I want to deploy this, but I want to make sure that if I de- when I deploy this, I'm getting that exact version because there have been some issues I've had with React Router and History at the moment with some of the semantic versioning they did, and that really did balls it up. So I want to say shrink wrap, and you do npm shrink wrap, and it will then get all the vend- it will go into your vendors file or your you know your package file um, directory and say, look, these are the exact ones I want, and it will just then again do the same thing as a composer.log file. So you ended up with a package.json and an npm shrink wrap.json file, and yeah, so that that is a really good kind of thing that I haven't seen before. So I would definitely recommend you know when you're doing these things and when you're committing these changes update your you know include a shrink wrap file which is just funny um <laughs> and then what else i'm doing is closure stuff actually uh so at the beginning of kind of throughout the christmas time i was after a little bit of time off to relax and stuff and it's i, I actually do stupidly i thought you know it'd be quite nice well my relaxing I, I i typically can relax without doing computing stuff but this time i was like actually it'd be really interesting to learn something completely different and i had the joy of closure book the uh, first edition of it and I've, I've started reading that and i'm about probably halfway three quarters of the way through that now and i'm loving it um and i've done a couple of blog posts um on it you know kind of playing around with closure and lift dialect and things like that and it's it's awesome um i really enjoy it really different and it's you know challenging me like kind of you know meant like kind of what's going on and things like that and i really enjoy that and um yeah so that that's about it really for me that's very cool i started playing with browser sync i don't know if you guys have ever used that is that the uh is it like um like reload type thing yeah that's or? it yeah it's unbelievably cool but it on your mobile as well so you can oh wow you um you basically you can use it with a gulp task which is in my case i do and you um you get it running and it it kind of generates a new URL like a local localhost dot three thousand that still if you've set a different base URL it still detects that if you you just got to give it the right instruction and then um, you put it on your phone or on your laptop or whatever you're using and they synchronize at the same time so oh, then awesome. any, so, does it, any, so does it does the machine still need to be on so you, it's almost like just going using that as a host server machine like pretty much yeah box. that's cool yeah it's very cool I mean I've I've used it for um, making some responsive versions of sites that I've been doing recently because it's so much easier to, than to have to continually keep picking your phone up and refreshing there and then refreshing everywhere else. Whereas all, all I'm doing now is I'm saving any changes to like my CSS files and they're just auto-updating straight away. So does it push? Does it do then the whole live reload? It's all live, live reload. Yeah, wow. it does. Every, it's absolutely incredible. That's insane. The, the the best thing about it is if I if I scroll on my mobile screen, the desktop screen will scroll at the same time. That's weird. I highly recommend everyone that yeah. uses this to have a look at Browser Sync. It's 
probably the coolest thing that I found in the whole of last year. And I only found it in the last two weeks, but it's instantly gone into everything that I do now. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, definitely put yeah. that in show notes. That's it. Cause that, that is one of the problems we have, isn't it? Where trying to, to, you know, develop and test on all these devices and then getting, you know, like say I've got a development version of my, my machine working. That's fine. But I need to be able to access it on other machines, such as say mobiles and things. Exactly. So that, you can that have solves you, that. That's awesome. It, yeah. When you, when you get it off and running, it basically tells you what URL to use and then you, you start using it on your really? device and it, and it all just hooks up and it all just works. I've no idea how it works. It just does. That's cool, that's man. That's really cool. It's, it's really, really cool. While yeah. we're on the uh, topic of plugging things, uh, can I just put one in very quickly? Have you? Do, that, uh, can I repeat uh, just one quick yeah. question? Have you actually used this? <laughs> just yes. asking because oh. there's been a couple of people who have what? said that maybe you've you maybe mentioned things that you've what? never used. I, 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 I'm not that guy. I know I'm not that guy. What a horrible allegation! <laughs> Can't believe it. Fraser, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he's not here. It's Fraser's fault. I have okay. used it. Good, and, good, good, uh, good. Yeah, but actually, I'm not is sure. this my CMS? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but I definitely would recommend oh. that. But um, I don't know if I've already plugged this. So just stop me if I have. But have I talked about wave invoicing on? I know I've spoken to you guys about it. No, but... that's what I was kind Sorry. of thinking you were going to bring up actually, because yeah. I know how much you like loved it when you were talking about the freelance stuff. Yeah. So I don't know how many freelancers listen to our show, but um, yeah, it is wave invoicing. It's absolutely brilliant. It's completely free. Um, I think they monetize it with ads and stuff, but to be honest, I can't even remember seeing an ad. But anyway, it's free. Are they uh, one of these startups that are hoping to get bought by? Well, you hope yeah. they don't. You don't want them to go, do you? That's the that is my worry. Yeah, because yeah. like once you're in, you're kind of committed, I guess. But um, but anyway, yeah, you can put up all your like all your receipts. It's got a really cool feature where you basically take a picture of your receipt on your phone and then you email it to this address at waveinvoicing.com. Obviously, it pairs it up with your email address and instantly adds the receipt to your list of receipts which is cool enough in itself but is it ORC as well uh is it ORC or OCR I can't remember OCR, yeah. oh yes I've been yep sorry yep yeah yeah it, it, it is actually it does reads. that so wow. it reads in like the retailer and it reads in the amount and it puts it all in there for you and like so far I think I've uploaded free and it's got the amount and name completely correct uh, every single time so are you just trying to test it you're just waiting for more receipts so you can then just start you know I want to slate them when it goes wrong but, uh, <laughs> but no it's so so good and obviously you have to be on top of everything when you're freelancing in terms of your, your tax and stuff like that so yeah absolutely superb brilliant. I don't know what the um, alternatives are out there to be fair but that got recommended to me and uh, yeah brilliant so uh, definitely check it out if anyone's doing that nice yeah sorry I uh, interrupted but, no uh, not all man no no it's oh, fine cool. Um, I was going to ask actually, have any of you ever done the uh, Fizz Buzz uh, co-catter? Or it's like a test, like uh, like yeah, kind of coding challenge. No, no, I haven't. As part one of my New Year's resolution is to do more catters. Yeah, yeah. So, well, this one's actually a really good one to start off with because it is. I think Fizz Buzz is actually a child's kind of testing thing for like in r- the real world outside of computing. Um, it has like a couple of like I think conditions that you have to do that then you know helps teach them things but anyway it helps with coding as well because essentially it's one of these jokes well not really jokes but i don't think i think people actually really use it as a test to test to see if people actually know the like the base understanding of coding you know like with conditionals and things like that and essentially the the thing is is you have to print out the first 100 uh, numbers so one to 10 one to 100 sorry and you have to replace so instead of replace uh, so you print out if it's a mod three so if it's divisible by three you print off fizz if it's divisible by five, you print out buzz. And if it's divisible by three at or five, you then uh, 
or, or and five sorry you print out fizz buzz so it's one of these very simple kind of you know just tests or very simple kind of com- computations kind of things and it's great because yeah. i did that with the closure with my closure stuff and i was able to kind of come up with a couple of different you know examples i really enjoy doing that with the new languages that kind of yeah. having something that i you already know and that it's like okay well how can i do this in different ways and using different kind of ideas and i thought i really learn a language doing that way yeah. so i definitely recommend yeah say like lou definitely pick up some more catters like the bowling cat is yeah. a good one to do with tdd style um i found also that it's quite nice because <clears throat> when you've done it you can then actually online people post a lot of uh, videos of themselves doing it and you get to see different like styles of how people do things and i feel it's nice because it's it's far, it's great seeing the out you know the end product of like this is this is my test suite this is my code but i want to know how you got there you know, and, yeah. and it's great where you have these like YouTube videos where people are going through them. Um, so yeah, I'll send that some to you actually. Process, yeah, yeah the, yeah, the kind of thought process, how they tackle a problem, because that's really where TDD comes. And I think that's where people get stuck a bit because it's not like just this is the code and this is the test suite. It's like, well, how did you come to this problem? You yeah. know, solve, you know, they, there's the iterations in between. And um, no, I really enjoy doing that with Catters. I just yeah. Googled it and it says FizzBuzz is a fairly common screening question to help sniff out non-programmers during the interview process. There you go. Boom. So, I mean, that's a good really? one. It's a nice one. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just a very simple conditional kind of, you know, you iterate over, the, you know, a range of numbers and just do, replace I suppose, them. yeah, I suppose the challenge isn't doing it. It's how you do it. Yeah, the, I mean that that's yeah. the, I mean, it's great because it means you can explore with different things and that's why I like with the language like, you know, FizzBuzz, relatively easy to do, but like saying closure, I have kind of, you know, very rudimentary knowledge now closure you know where it's like oh great great i can now start looking into this and things like that so no it's a lot yeah. of fun can i just say as well actually on that note um i think i told you Ed, i don't know if i told you lou but uh, i went for an interview uh a little while maybe a month ago and uh turns out the guy uh listened to our show which was uh, a little bit scary and he had really done his homework on me but he was genuinely really, really nice guy and uh, really, really intelligent. Um, I'm afraid to say he caught me out on quite quite a few things actually. And um, but yeah, he was he was really, really good. But I had a three hour interview and um, I had like an hour to do some code and was quizzed on it for for two hours. But um, yeah, I just I thought because he asked me like you know what, how would you describe your your knowledge of JavaScript? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I know what I'm doing. Turns out, yeah. Not, not really, not compared to like what they were doing. So, yeah, but was, was it like ES two fifteen questions and stuff like that, or was it um, what sort, what sort of questions? No, it wasn't even that, but I mean, it was just like simple questions. Like, obviously, you got like the different ways. I mean, we've discussed this before, like um, initializing objects in JavaScript, and so he started asking me what the differences were between them, and I was like, syntax. And um, but obviously, like one, I think you inherit a lot more. So yeah, you think you're sort of prototypes and stuff. Exactly. So you think you're sort of a blank object, but actually you've yeah. got a load of a gunk in there. I think, if you yeah. Because I think a... if you do like just the open curly braces, yeah. closed curly braces, you that inherits from the object prototype, as Correct. opposed to if you did object.create and then yeah. pass null or something, it would yeah. be like, no, I don't have anything in this. You don't have like two strings and things like that. Yeah. They ask, that's sneaky questions. Sneaky questions. Yeah. But uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but actually what's, I, I didn't hear back. Um, it was. So, or is it a play on the uh, on the uh, podcast? So if you're listening to this, I'm saying, if you're listening, <laughs> no, I'm doing other stuff now. But actually, I'm surprised to hear that. I wonder if you tried calling me. I didn't answer. I don't know. But um, yeah, I would love really if it was stuff. your fault. I would be. It would be great. It's like he's trying desperately, and you're just like, I'm, I'm, I didn't hear. You. Probably is. But I guess my point in the little story is interviews. Even if you don't get a job, I think are 
can be a really valuable experience. Well, it's that uh, it's that it's that kind of external look at code, isn't it? Again, it's that yeah. evaluating code, like because I know that you two must feel this. You know, I mean, Lou, specific. You know, like, when now like Mickey's actually you know coming to look in your code base and things. You know, you have to explain things and maybe you know you can get like feedback on it and things like that and it's great because it allows you yeah. then to really improve because the only way of improving you, you you feel you've done a good job maybe you can iterate on it yourself you know and change it to uh, you know a place where you feel okay this is the in quotes the best i could do at this problem with this problem here's the solution yeah. but then someone can come along and completely say and you go i didn't think of that and it's great yeah. i mean that that yeah. is the beauty of kind of this like coding <laughs> sharing social side yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to have a catch-up later this afternoon, actually, aren't we? Yeah, and then you're yeah, going to grill me on my you, code. You can tell me what you really think. <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of JavaScript questions for you as well. So, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Just joking. Can I, can I actually, one thing, actually, a good friend of the show, Jimmy Burrell, our good friend, he came on the podcast, must be a couple of months back, actually. He, um, at the beginning of December, and I'm really sorry it's taken this long to kind of give the shout-out, but he actually released his first F-sharp project. And I was really, it was really humbling actually, because he said, you know, one of the reasons why he was kind of got into their sharp and looking into that stuff was the, uh, it was the podcast that we did with Stephen Proctor. Um, and it was nice because it's, it's, it's essentially a color lover, you know, color lover website, the API where you've got the different, you know, like different type, you know, you can have like the nice colors that are compatible together. Yeah. Uh, he has a Slack for it. Like there's a Slack channel that they have in their, co- his company that, allow like it, what it does is it pulls down colors it then does some it, it, it you know brings it in like from the api or then create like a nice little palette from it and then post it into their slack for a slack right. channel and i thought it was really interesting and it's great i mean it's nice because i've never looked at any f sharp code so it's nice to kind of go through it and have a look into it but i'm glad yeah. that he enjoyed like looking in the yeah the functional side and and it's these yeah. projects like that that really are the nice kind of starters into exploring these things you know yeah. where it's like okay well how would i do this you know i could do this in imperative in, in you know my day-to-day you know coding language programming language of choice whatever you know relatively yeah. easy but it's like okay well how do i do it in a different paradigm and a completely different language and i think that's the great thing about like this you know and i'll, I'll put it in the show notes this blog post but it was really interesting looking at the code and i really yeah it's really cool that you know he felt like you yeah, know yeah. the podcast we did with steve and proctor was you know kind of helped him along there and it's nice yeah. to bring you know the functional stuff yeah well well done i wasn't i wasn't on that one so kudos to you guys yeah, I was think it? I was very silent on that one. But, uh, yeah, kudos to Ed. <laughs> kudos to Stephen Proctor for actually coming on the show, I think. <laughs> yeah, true, absolutely. Um, actually, talking about podcasts, there's just one new podcast, and I don't know if I recommended it to you, Lou, already. Um, it's called JavaScript Air. Uh, oh, yes, actually, I do it's, think I remember Yeah, you. it's a Google Hangout podcast where... A lot from the Egghead IO, um, so Dan Abrov, the guy behind Redux, who came on the show a couple of months back or a month back or so, he 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 did a series on Egghead IO, and actually I'll put that in the show notes as well. His uh, Redux one, really recommend that, really awesome. And uh, the guys there, they've got like they've kind of collected a lot of good people who are in the JavaScript world, um, like Carl Simpson and things like that, and also Brian Lavstoff, who did um, he did like this the pure not the pure script, sorry, the kind of uh, it was like hardcore functional programming. Um, stuff and he they've kind of started a podcast where they talk about javascript the first one was talking with, with brandon ike which was amazing you know the creator of javascript and they've moved on from there where they've kind of talked about learning javascript how to learn that now in today's age you know kind of where we are now uh babel the compiler there and, and there's one now there's a mutable like mutable javascript and thinking about kind of mutable data structures and i haven't listened to that one yet but plan to do that today or end of play today and i really recommend it really interesting javascript podcast is it can't get enough of podcasts you know the more podcasts the better because it means you know we've got more resources and it's great that i mean the kind of barrier to entry for podcast recordings kind of 
going down which i think is even better because of things like google hangout where you can just release it yeah. i think you know um yeah so that, that's that's me i've just thought i'll bring that up the good podcast so, do you guys listen to any other podcasts actually I, i've started listening to jeffrey ray's new little Laracast snippet that he does that's good. oh yeah how are you enjoying that because i know that it's he, really good it's, he, it's he, not he, like in-depth techie stuff it's mm. just more um kind of observations of little things that have occurred over the course of his career and like the first website he had that went wrong and just general musings by personal is, reflection kind of that's cool yeah i mean those are the kind of podcasts i think i, I find more entertaining because obviously you can talk about code but if you're not seeing code and stuff it's not always as easy to to kind of relate to but this is more just kind of general kind of chat no absolutely that's really cool because and you say it's nice to have like humans behind the code you know where we are you know people I think we all critique ourselves too heavily on, you know, like, oh, I don't know this, don't know that. That person knows this, that, that, and that. They're more cleverer than me and et cetera like that. And really, it's like, well, actually, we're all the same and we all really have had the same problems. Well, it's and... good, to, good to hear occasionally just about, like, the general doing the job, apart from, like, a technical discussion That's on it. something that you're yeah. doing, you know, just the uh, the overall process of being a developer day to day, you know. Yeah. Mm. I think, like, uh, to answer your question, Ed, I, I used to, to feel quite bad to say that I haven't listened to one in ages, but I probably will do now actually after this. Um, but, Full set uh, radio is always the one I go back to. Very good. For, uh, they did a re- oh, he did a really good one with DHH again um, about how they built up boot uh, boot camp, not boot camp, base camp. Sorry, three. Really interesting. Right. Yeah, really. Them two, they, you know, it's really great. And it was nice when we had him on the show as well, you know, to talk about like full stack of things. It's really interesting, like how, you know, he's able to kind of get these guests on and talk really good. Like, I still don't know how he does it on his own solo. Well, yeah, yeah. Although you're becoming quite the pro these days, so uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no way near as good as him. <laughs> but yeah, my uh, well, I I don't want to say the uh, the phrase New Year's resolution, but it's not a New Year's resolution. But in general, I want to uh, push myself a lot more this year, especially with this opportunity now, where I can kind of do things the way that I want to do it. I do want to push myself, and I I do je- definitely see for me, like if you would say, what do you think will be the biggest change in the web this year? Whilst it's been around for a long time, I, d- I definitely think if you look at like uh, the presentation layer now, I think that this year will be huge with things like React and um, I think Angular is pretty in the past now, but definitely Angular that side 2 of things. isn't though. Angular, you know, I think we can True. we can learn a lot from Angular two. I think you know Angular two is kind of getting a lot of the React stuff and you know learning yeah. from each of them. You know, I mean React Router yeah, yeah. came is inspired by Ember's Router because of how good Ember's Router was. So you know, yeah. I think it's good that we share you know all these different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's but actually I- a good question actually. Like. What are your not new? I hate New Year's resolutions as well. But like, yeah. what what would you want to do this year in the tech kind of world? You're like, what do you want to learn? Are there, you know, you're saying you want like you feel the presentation there. Is there any technologies on top of like React and things like that you want to kind of look into? Do you know what? Like, um, I I really want to get back. Not get back, but I want to learn more about sysadmin. I really want to yeah. get more clued up on that because at the minute I would say I'm confident enough that I can. I don't know. Uh, Google stuff and, and do stuff that I need to do, but again, not really understanding why stuff's doing what it's doing. So for me, that I was even looking at like there's um, uh, linuxacademy.com, which I don't think is a free service, but uh, that sort of thing I would like to do. Well, that's it, especially when you're doing the freelance stuff now. I suppose you're yeah. then going to have to deal with the sysadmin stuff and you feel like you've got a duty to really, you know, look after, well, you know, the servers, etc., like that. You can't take like it SQL for granted. backups, all that kind yeah. of stuff. I, I really want to get clued up on. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. How about you, Lou? Uh, yeah, most of my, most of my things this year are based around JavaScript, I think. I've really, I've really enjoyed using like Browserify recently and stuff like that. And 
I don't know enough about ES 2015, which I want to learn more about, and React, as you say, and I think I, I just for me that's where the, where a lot of the challenges are becoming a, a really really competent JavaScript developer. Yeah. And other, other than that, um, sort of u- unit testing, being becoming more active with all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, those two are probably going to take up a lot of the year. But my, most of my most of my targets are front end based now, really. Yeah, it's funny how it's all transitioned, doesn't it? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, mine's exactly the same. Where it's JavaScript based, um, you know, I'm um, closure. I mean, the reason why I'm kind of learning closure is really back for the back end kind of learning a lisp is really interesting things like that but also kind of the work that because it was on a uh, functional geekery podcast Stephen proctor again he talked to david nolan and he's the guy behind ohm and ohm next and he's the closure script guy um and closure script is closure for the for the java for, for javascript like it compiles down into javascript so instead of being a platform on the jvm platform it's for the javascript platform and um kind of very interesting like things where he's taken a lot of things from like relay and falcon and all these kind of different te- different technologies reacts and stuff like that where but the, the those are the things where it's interesting because with javascript now you can compile down you know the trees transpilers the, the idea of having a transpiler in other languages say like php you know you don't really have like the idea of okay well before i can run this mm. i need to transpile it you know so you don't but in the in the world of javascript it's become kind of acceptable to have like the babble layer and things like that or this transformation yeah. layer so you know we have all these other languages you know where javascript is literally just a delivery language the assembly essentially even though we're going to get web assembly you know it's yeah. assembly for other languages such as closure script and such as pure script and typescript and all these other languages that are you know, supersets of JavaScript or completely different, actually, I should really say. Like TypeScript's a superset of JavaScript, but, you know, these other languages. So you those use that... web, Webpack, don't you, instead of Browserify? Uh, yes, yeah. So, I mean, I have mean, you web... used Browserify? I haven't. That That's another thing, really. I should start looking into all these other other technologies because, you know, we use Webpack at work and I, and I really love it. You know, I really find it interesting and stuff, you know, hot, to, you know, loading code, really, kind of being able to, you know, hot, de- uh, hot like it's kind of like hot development, similar to how Erlang does hot swapping code. Uh, and things like that and it's brilliant for like dependency kind of splitting up module dependencies and things but i'm sure browserify can do things like that and it's yeah yeah that. yeah that's yeah. what i was keen to see what the differences mm. are yeah browserify yeah does exactly that see that's great i mean this is the thing i think that that again is like i think javascript is going to be the main thing this year but i want to yeah. put a sprinkle of code because i know I, I was actually thinking back to the episode me and you mickey did last i think it was christmas eve actually and i was talking about oh i want to get into closure and this year i really never really did it until yeah. the end of play kind of at the end of the year uh now i'm finally looking into it and love well it. I, I i am really rambling today i'm sorry but um yeah i, I think we're all in agreement that javascript is going to be the big thing this year not like it's this new thing i think but, I, just, I, mean, I think like... it's i think it's just going to carry on being the big thing yeah. isn't it really yes. i think you know it's the yeah. the, the yeah, I think there's so much and people, you know, expect these UEs now to be like this and they yeah. expect it to be able to be like an app experience. And the only way of doing that is is by using JavaScript. Yeah. It's the only thing we've really got at our disposal. But I, I was going to say as well, obviously... Unless you want like, to go back to Flash or, or Java applets. Which I do. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. <laughs> but yeah, I would just say with my own experience in the last, the last few months is uh, for anyone who's like in full-time employment as a developer at the minute who's just sort of doing the same stuff day in, day out, don't rest on your laurels because my experience when I was started looking at the job market again was that no one's looking for PHP developers. They're looking for full stack developers. Yeah. At the very least, they're looking for people who are, are brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, that really hit me because I certainly wasn't, to be honest with you. I'll be deadly honest. I, I think I was, 
well, I think I am a, a an okay PHP developer, but I definitely am a long way from calling myself a full stack developer. So that will be my real sort of push this year to, to kind of get myself back up to that level. Um, but yeah, I would just say that's a word of warning to people because I think the job market has changed. Like for me, like when I first started looking for jobs, when you could get a job as a PHP developer, I I, I think they're few and far between now, to be honest with you. Um, so that's my word of caution. A, a lot of other things you see when you look at that stuff is using web services. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that. So that's another yeah. Like this year, like there's so many different things. Like yeah. I'm really using the Amazon S3. I haven't used that much. There's yeah. there's um, getting good at using the Twitter API. There's all those all those kind of it's things. Understanding where, API technologies, isn't it? Exactly. Like Working with those. Like that, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Have it have being asked to implement something third party and being able to roll with it. I think that that's it. As you say, like because all these APIs are springing about and people want this interconnected kind of world. Yeah, you have to really deal with that and handle all these different APIs. And actually, speaking about that, is um there was a really good blog post going around our little um so we kind of have like a little in our hip chat at yeah. work and it was um choosing an HTTP status code because I know that status codes <laughs> become you know it's like what do they mean you know and all this and is there any you know why is it four hundred or why is that a five hundred and it's interesting that yeah they they do have meaning you know like each band has a meaning and it's funny where this actually I'll, I'll put it in the show notes it has a kind of you know, I, can't, I don't know what they're called, decision trees, where, you know, it's yeah. like, which response class is, is there a problem with the request? Yes or no. And if it's yeah. no, is there a problem with the server? Yes. Oh, that's a 500 response. Or am I implementing the server? Yes, I need to use a 100 or I need to use a 200. And it goes into all these and it really does go into each individual one. And it's very interesting. And I really recommend actually, like when you're deciding on a code to use because codes mean things you know we i know we have the 200s and we have the 500s and we have 404 and things like that and we've been very much kind of that's it but the api restful you know way does state and you take advantage of it that you want to use the right status codes and this will let you you know this will give you kind of a nice help thinking okay right that means i really should use that and it shows the intent you know because it allows them to in a in, in a you know standardized format you've now given the intent to the user when they get that response what's happened as opposed to them having to maybe crawl through a response maybe it's a 200 all the time and it's like oh yeah it's now a json response body that has status created in or something as opposed to instead really what you want to use the 201 you know status code because that's what created means it's like oh yeah 201 so yeah. now that, that's me just rambling on that but yeah <laughs> api stuff is definitely important yeah yeah i completely agree cool think yeah yeah i think so i think i think we've covered everything yeah i mean yeah this this year will be another year of three devs on a maybe for sure um it's crazy (laughs) to think we've actually done since 2013 it's like october 2013 yeah that was our first episode it's insane and we may and i think we probably will actually definitely hit the 200 not 200 mark so yeah the 200 we're getting well over the 100 (laughs) episode mark which would be quite cool i'm looking forward to that what are we on at the minute sorry we are at why are you put me on the spot here, Mark? Oh. Uh, 80, 83. 83, Three. yes. 83. Wow. So this will be the 84th. We have another 85th. We have an 85th episode in the bag that I need to just release. And yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. 15 episodes. That's cool. Yeah. Right, well, well, who wants to sign off? Who wants to say the goodbye remarks? Luke. Luke? Yeah, goodbye. I'll that, Luke. <laughs> Good goodbye. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> 
yeah. I thought you were going to come up with something, you know, witty and so you know, the typical Lou. Lou it's, it's the first Monday back after the Christmas holiday. You got to build. You got to build up to that. That's true. All right, then, audience. Well, it's but... been great talking to you. And, <laughs> happy New uh, yeah, Year, was, everyone. Yeah, happy New Year. Happy Christmas and all yeah. that. And yeah, speak to you next episode. All right, then. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at three devs and a maybe dot com or follow us on Twitter at the number three devs and a maybe.